I'm Huey, the Comic Half Squatch, and High Commander of the Blaster Stash of Comic Book Review Show on YouTube. And I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by going to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to episode 105 mm-hmm. of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going? And, of course, Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we'll watch the new film that reveals the origins of one of the most mysterious characters in the G.I. Joe franchise, check out a nearly 40-year-old piece of Atari computer tech, and we are recording live on the floor of the <gasps> Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Is that what that sound is? That is the noise that you hear in the background, and we will share our experiences with a special guest host. Host a little later in the show. Stanley. Wow. <laughs> that would be a That would be a hell of a trick, actually, <laughs> right? saying, sir. Recording this in 2021 as we are. No, it's not going to be Stanley. It, but better than Stanley. You're not oh, going to really? be disappointed. Okay, okay. Better than Stanley. <laughs> high praise. It is high praise. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, as you said, Mo, if you hear anything in the background, it's because we are once again, we're, we are here actually recording on the floor. That's awesome. As everything is swirling around, people going by, you might hear a little music in the background, and people running by, people screaming, babies crying. Yeah. It's one of our rare get to Together's where we're all three in the exact same location. Yeah, yep. as well. And why waste it? Why right. waste it? I mean, that's part of the, the it's the life of this show. So capture it. Sure. Uh, before we get into the body of the show, all the good stuff we have to talk about, it's time for some fourth listener email, and I've been looking forward to talking about this one for a bit. So, <laughs> oh god, this is from Jerry. Oh. Jerry wrote in. Oh, now, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, Mono's Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Mo knows Jerry. So uh, the subject of Jerry's fourth listener email is more listener appreciation email. Okay. Nice. Uh, Jerry says, hey, what's up, guys? It's Jerry Williams, who's written you once before, and I'd like to believe the email instantly became a top five of all time due to the subject material referencing Mo's features before actually seeing (laughs) what he looked like. (laughs) That was great. And what was that again? What did he say? I I know. I happen to remember exactly. I believe it was redheaded. Mm -hmm. Freckles. Acne. Bad acne. Bad acne. acne. 24-hour cosplay. Oh, yeah. All kinds of stuff. Alfred E. Newman. (laughs) Alfred E. Newman looking. That's right. It was was scarily close to reality. It was. Right. <laughs> so maybe he's trying to make penance for that. I'm not sure. But he went on to say, he says, well, I'm a digital artist and I created oh. some Funko-esque type designs for you guys because if you ever had Funkos made, I'd instantly place an order. And boy, did he create yes. some art. Oh my yeah. goodness. Awesome. Yeah, um, it was fun because he, so he first he sent us over just the head the of head. the Funko right, 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 right. And he sent us individual ones and then this one where he had all three heads with the Gen X grown up logo in the background. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And then he said, you know, if you guys are interested, you know, I can always design the bodies. Well, I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Twist our yeah. arms. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, what, you know, what things would you uh, like to have that your character would be holding? Yeah. So I was like, well, my guy needs to be holding a baseball bat and a comic, and a comic book. book. And that's what he did for yep. you. Yeah. And he, yeah. It was amazing. What a digital artist Jerry is. Right. Absolutely. I was just stunned with that. I know I was saying that I didn't think I would ever be the subject of fan art. No. But if I had to be, it turned out pretty darn well. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. If it had to happen, I'm glad. Jerry, that you did it because it could have gone horribly wrong. I say we name him our 
in residence artist for Gen X Grown Up at this point because that's some pretty that's some pretty stellar stuff that he designed. Yeah, he really it does, did. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, that's the funniest part though is how he did the Mo Pre version. Yeah, he did the Mo Chaser. He, he did a chase figure. Basically, looks like Alfred Newman. Yeah. He did. It was yep. funny. No, it was awesome though. It, was, it, it did. Was, yeah, it was Jerry, amazing, amazing stuff, work. That's really cool. I think, in fact, we're gonna try to work that into some merch, possibly maybe some stickers and stuff I in the future. Been desperately searching how to make custom pops. I know. We want to do it right, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I want Funko to produce them. Yeah. No kidding. Making phone calls as we really cool. So Jerry wraps up his email. He says it's all basically a thank you for everything you guys do for us. Thank y'all and stay blessed forever. Fourth listener, Jerry. Wow. Again, thanks, Jerry. That's Mm. awesome. I showed it to everybody that I knew, and I'm like, "Can you believe yeah. this? Can you believe this? What somebody wrote in for?" Mm-hmm. You know, and I wrote back to him, and I said that I, it's it, it's a clear testament that someone would spend that much obvious talent, time, and effort on something like that. Yeah. That, he, that it means the show means that much to him, and that's really right. flattering oh, to me. It's so. a, I'm, yeah, I'm floored, huge, huge. So thank you so much, Jerry. Done both for the art, of course, and then for writing in again. We sure appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate it every time the fourth listener takes time to write in. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it's easy. Just hit us up. Pod Podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one, and most of them, like Jerry's, especially if you have accompanying fan art, will yeah. make the show, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that good business behind us, man, we are here on the floor at SFGE recording together. It is time to jump into the meat of the show right after this break. Stick around. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of Seven Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. Chances are, when you think the bargain bag has made it, it's still got a long way to go. Glad trash bags have three plies of Stress Flex plastic to stand up to life's little tumbles. Why take chances? Get glad. We have spent the last few days here on the floor at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo together. Uh, but leading up to that, we did take some time to consume some media. <laughs> Could be uh, TV shows or comics or books or yep. uh, music or whatever it is that we've been checking out. I want to start with you, George. What was on your viewing agenda? Uh, one of the items on my looking forward to list last time that was a very unique looking forward to list. <laughs> yes, Nobody yeah. else yeah, yeah. was yeah. looking forward to the same things I was. <laughs> I was looking forward to Lower Deck Season oh, 2. Mm-hmm. And I got to watch Episode 1 before mm-hmm. we came out to the the convention and yeah. um i wasn't terribly impressed maybe i was building it up too much in my mind it was it was a little draggy but i, I love the first sequence the first mm-hmm. sequence was a lot right. of fun a lot of action exactly what i expected it to be after that it uh, i almost kind of lost the my pace a little lost the pace of the show lost my interest maybe i i'm really hoping it starts to pick up but for me i would give it like a six out of ten mm. which is not good and i'm sad to say that because i love the series yeah i don't disagree agree with you actually i mean i enjoyed it but it wasn't as what i was expecting right you mm-hmm. know like it was missing something and, and i'm not sure exactly what it was maybe it was like the characters weren't as i don't know something it was something was there i mean i'm hoping it gets better I, i'm sure it will actually i feel pretty confident about that but yeah it was just lacking a little bit maybe i didn't care as much about it because the people that she was messing with wasn't her main friend who was on the other riker ship yeah we were missing boimler the whole yeah. episode that was a big problem and yeah i think their interaction especially in the last half of the first season really amped everything up 
bad for me, and I wanted to see more of that. I knew he was on a different ship. Mm-hmm. We knew that from the end of the first season. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. It, I felt like we could have had a little bit more. Hopefully, episode two or three will start yeah, to pick, pick up the up. pace a little yeah. bit. I also found it pretty underwhelming. Yeah. yeah, I watched it, too. We were amped. I watched it with my wife. And I'm like, man, here we go. Lower Deck season yep, two. Yep. We got to the end of it. I'm like, huh, huh all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like we're just getting going. Like, that whole episode felt like the opening scene of the season, and we really haven't gotten going right. yet. Right. We just really barely yeah. scratched the surface. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. But, you know, again, fingers crossed. I think it'll get better. I mean, the show definitely deserves a pass, right, for one episode. <laughs> you know, if it gets better, great. I'll continue to watch it. Yeah. If it doesn't, it'll free up more time for me to watch other stuff <laughs> at this point because I'm not, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on something that's not doing better than it did in its first mm-hmm. season. It earned a lot of goodwill for me, so it's, it's, it's got a little opportunity to Yeah, to I gave it three or four episodes. It wasn't awful. Yeah. It, was so it just wasn't fun this, enough. what we expected. All right, John. That's yeah, yeah. what I was looking forward to. What about you? We went out to see uh, a film. I forget which film we were seeing, but you know, they sometimes they run uh, ads for TV shows in front of right. films yeah, now. Sure. You know, what's, going, yeah. what's, what's coming up on HBO Max or on FX or whatever. So I saw a trailer for something. I couldn't tell exactly what it was, and then I saw the name Taika Watiti on the screen. I'm like, now you have my attention. Now I want to know. He's everywhere. He's been in everything. He was the bad guy in Free Guy, which was great. You talked about the hunt for the wilder people, you know, that thing. I mean, so he's like the uh, Samuel Jackson of... (laughs) He's in everything. But sometimes he's director or something. Anyway. And you're you're kind of fixated on him like you are, you know, Shyamalan like a ding-dong guy. I am. I'm getting that way, too. Except it's all hits. (laughs) I'm like Shyamalan. (laughs) (laughs) He's banging homers every time. So the show that I found, it's called Reservation Dogs. I've heard of that. Yeah. I've heard of it. Some kind of play on Reservoir Dogs? It is exactly a play on Reservoir Dogs. It's interesting because it's a setup that I'd never seen before, and it was Taika Waititi putting it together, so I was really interested. The concept is it's centered around these four young teens, probably like 13, 14 to 16 era uh, in that range, and they are all uh, Native Americans, and they live on this reservation uh, in Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. And it's kind of a slum. Like, it's not well upkept. It's not going great for them. I saw that trailer. I remember it now. And so they're pulling light crimes yeah. to try to raise money to ultimately get out of the area. Right. The characters are great. Every now and then something happens, and the main kid, he kind of like one time there's a drive-by with paintball guns, and they get shot and kind of gets falls and knocked out. And he has a vision Uh-oh. of this Native American guy who rolls up on a on a horse, and he's like, "Oh, are you Running Bear? Are you this guy?" And he's like, well, "No, I'm not. I, I knew him, but I'm not him." Right. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I was at the battle. I fought Custer." So did you fight him? Well, no, I came over the ridge and my horse stepped in a gopher hole and crushed me. But but I was there. <laughs> I was going to fight. He's kind of like this he's this funny Indian guide who's telling him, you shouldn't leave the reservation. You're, you're leaving these people. This is your land kind of thing. But it's set in modern day and it's centered around these kids and it's really just everyday kid problems but set against the backdrop of kind of the Native American struggle and kind of doing these little crimes that they're doing. And they accidentally got the name of Reservation Dogs because they didn't have a name for their gang and somebody made it up for them and they're not really right. fans of it. It's an interesting little show. Huh. You know, I applaud that we're finally getting to see different cultural experiences in our TV shows and our movies and it's being portrayed by people from that culture. It is, mm. yeah. Because yeah, it's cool. how often has we seen a show about an Eber and it's like a guy in red face or something. I, I like mm-hmm. that we're finally giving the opportunity and I think it's because of the way that you can consume media. Mm-hmm. If this was still all broadcast television, you don't get the show. Right. Yeah. Now that you've got cord cutting and streaming 
streaming services and everything else, now people are more willing to take chances on this kind of content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I mean, it sounds intriguing. So is it like a comedy? Is it a? It is a. It is a light comedy. Okay. I, I would call it a. Uh, what do they call it? A dramedy. I mean, okay. there is drama yeah. going on, okay. and people have real problems in their lives. But it's not like slapstick. It is comedy. not slapsticky. Okay. Right. Okay. It, it's. Uh, I've watched the first three episodes so far. There's some really good characters they brought in, and each episode kind of goes in its own little path and has its own little story. But it's clearly serialized. There's stuff going on in the okay. show. The third episode is probably the weirdest so far. They go to meet up with his cousin uncle, a guy who they knew, an older gentleman in their their family who really isn't related, but they're all kind of family because they treat mm -hmm. each other that mm -hmm. way. And he's in his yard digging up some old marijuana that he had in a jar, and he goes back in town <laughs> to try to sell it. Nobody wants it because it's really old weed. Because now it's legalized <laughs> in Oklahoma. Nobody right. wants to buy his old junky weed. But it's a story of like getting to know older people in your family, mm -hmm. and you know, getting to know the history sure. and that kind of thing. All along, these kids trying to make a way for themselves in the world. Okay. It's a neat show to watch. It wasn't really anything. I, if you had told me the premise before, I wouldn't have watched it necessarily. Taika Watiti was my path in. Absolutely. He got me in the door, and now whether he was there or not, it's a really good show. So okay, I'm, I'm in for the long run. Yeah, he's de developed enough uh, street cred with me that if he something with his name in it, I'm probably going to watch it. He gets a try. Uh, I'm going to give it a shot. It was so, worth it. I'll definitely yep. give this a shot. Reservation Dogs on FX. I do recommend right. it. Mo, how about you? What are you checking out? Well, okay, this is going to be weird. So here's a movie I, so we saw coming out because there had trailers forever. Snake Eyes. Okay. Right? Oh, right. I love Nicolas Cage in this movie. Yeah, different one. <laughs> what? <laughs> different this Snake Eyes. Not, not that Snake Eyes? No, not that Snake Eyes. <laughs> no, the Casino. No, 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 not that one. No, Carla no, no. Guino? So no? this is the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes. Ah, and it's like his origin backstory movie. Okay. And so I was kind of like, I mean, chestnut. the trailers looked really good, right? But I'm like, okay, it's a trailer, right? You can make anything look right. good in a trailer. I watched it, and you know what? If you just ignore the fact that it is based on G.I. Joe characters, they'll just stay as a movie, just as a standalone movie, mm -hmm. it was actually pretty dang good. Okay, so I'm going to, because you're the G.I. Joe guy of the group, uh -huh. and so I'm going to ask you, if you don't ignore that it's a G.I. Joe franchise. Oh, that's interesting. Is it still good? Because for me, I enjoyed it, but... Yeah. I, you've got mm. more of the G.I. Joe experience than I do. Yeah, actually, I think it's a G.I. Joe. They had enough in it because basically it's kind of like Avengers sort of thing, right? Where they, they had the main character, and then they, they kind of like, oh, they mentioned S.H.I.E.L.D. a little bit. Right. So this one is his life story, like how he became who he is. But then they start bringing in like some elements of G.I. Joe so that if they tie it later, it won't seem forced. Like, you know, there's enough in there to well, kind of help establish. We've talked about that before. So there's the Marvel mm -hmm. franchise rules, right? Give the characters their movies, mm -hmm. yep. then come in with the Everybody Together Avengers movie. Yeah. Versus the DC, which is just throw shit at a fan and hope it sticks. Or the right. stupid Mortal Kombat approach, or which Mortal is just, just throw crap at the wall and the crap right. sticks. Right. <laughs> I think in this one, they seem to be going more down a Marvel route yeah. if they're trying to build a universe. Do we know that? I haven't heard one way or the other, but I'm going to tell you, if they are, it's a good start. Yeah, I thought so, too. Hmm. It's like, for once, like these characters, especially this particular character, I don't know if you've watched the G.I. Joe cartoons, he was always oh, yeah. guy, had a mask. Mm -hmm. I no always thought he was. was blind. Yeah, no one knows who he is, all yeah. this stuff. So you kind of see who he is now. And, you know, the very end. And he gets like what he wears for G.I. Joe, you right. know, that kind of suit. But up until then, it was a decent storyline, had some really good acting in it, and the action was pretty damn cool. And not to give too many spoilers, because this movie yeah. is a fairly recent movie. I right, mean, right. I liked how they introduced characters of the organizations as right. tangents to the story. Exactly, exactly. But they, so they weren't focal points, but they were in enough to go, ah. Uh -huh. Now I see, I see where that's going to come Like, like yeah. they create a little spur. Right. right. And they're like, oh, we could grow something off of that if they wanted yeah. to later. Oh, okay, here's so-and-so, and they're 
they're part of this organization. Oh, that <laughs> makes sense. And and it did, it wasn't forced either. Actually, it, no. it did fit right, fit right into the story. And I mean, it wasn't. If you're a fan of GI Joe, the cartoon, comic books, whatever. Yeah. There's nothing in this that surprises you for those kinds of exactly. references, right? No, no. None of those. Like you know who this guy's going to be. You know who that lady is. Right. You know that kind of thing. But never having seen his origin story or heard it before. Never, at least, I don't think he ever had one. Actually. I never yeah. noticed it anywhere. I was really compelled, given the whole Channing Tatum GI Joe films that were oh. awful. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It seems like hopefully they're ignoring those. This is a <laughs> great rebirth of that. Yeah. Wow. I, this could be second place for me in movie universes, right behind Marvel. Yeah. If they continue mm. to if do they it, do it right. this quality. Yeah. If they keep it up at this level. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't know anything about GI Joe really. I didn't watch the cartoons that much. I didn't even watch the Channing Tatum ones. Right. Quite honestly. Well, you yeah. didn't miss anything. And no. <laughs> <laughs> you said you enjoyed the film, and I'm like, what's in it for me if I'm not a GI Joe fan? Yeah. And that was his thing. He said it was a good movie if you ignore the GI Joe-ness of it yeah. all. Yeah. And I'm like, well, now you have my attention. Yep. And frankly, that's what got me to see Iron Man in the first place. I knew sure. nothing about Iron Man, <laughs> yeah. but people said, well, it's just a good movie with Robert yeah. Downey Jr. I'm like, okay, maybe that's what it takes. Yeah. If they keep it up again, mm-hmm. because this wasn't a one-dimensional character anymore. No. Right. Now you know his story. He has a history. You understand mm-hmm. what he's about. You get some motivation. Motivation why yeah. he's doing this. If they don't screw it up, which can totally happen. <laughs> We're off to a good start. At least but they didn't screw it up out of the gate. They didn't stumble coming exactly. off the blocks. I think like it Mortal all Kombat. depends on second character. Yeah, right? exactly. That second uh, movie yeah. is going to make What's the follow-up? Right? Yeah. yeah, what's the sophomore effort? Yep, exactly. All right. So we'll see what happens. All right, man. Thanks, Mo. Sure. Snake eyes. Snake eyes. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Hello. Ed's book on advertising says the consumer will remember your TV commercial better if it has a memorable visual device. Well, the message we would like you to remember is to be sure to enjoy Bartles and James on Ice this summer. You cannot find a lighter, more refreshing summertime beverage. As for the visual device... Ed says you will probably be able to figure that out all by yourself. So once again, please remember Bartles and James on ice. And thank you for your continued support. So while we're at SFGE, let's get into a quick tech and toys. Yep. All right. And I actually have some tech, believe it or not. Te- wow. Traveling to Atlanta. <laughs> Something, to come up with tech. did you buy I'm starting to believe No, no, no. It's actually got my head back at home. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's nothing amazing, but it's pretty cool. But I'm going to let you kick it off, John. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I have a literally a piece of tech that is now just a toy at this point. <laughs> okay. But it's it's a fantastic new addition to my collection and didn't pay a penny for it, which what? makes it even better. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so it's no secret that my daughter is one of the best daughters in the universe, and she works at used video game store. Uh, Mom and pop store, not one of the behemoths, so she's not part of the evil conglomerate. Uh, Anyway, being working there, people bring in used stuff all the time. One thing her store does not purchase, though, is like old computer games and computer toys, like like Atari stuff. Things like pre-90, they don't even care anymore. Right, right, right. But collectors do come in often, and so in working with one of these collectors, uh, he knows that her dad was a huge fan of Atari computers. Right. And he had a bunch of stuff, and he had like given me an old 410 cassette deck in the past because he had an old one which is nice 
but he had a unit that he's like, you know what? No one wants to buy this. I'm moving to Europe. I don't. I can't take it with me. I have this thing I want to donate to your dad if he wants it. And she came home with this giant box and said, close your eyes. She brought it in, set it in front of me. Open your eyes. This thing is probably two and a half, three foot long, 10 inches thick, this box. This is an Atari 1200XL wow. computer from Working? 1983. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to suggest it's probably not because he originally said, I have a piece of tech that's now just a toy. <laughs> oh, I didn't well, catch that. It could be functional, but here's the thing. So this initially came out in 1983. I was right. a huge user of Atari 8-bit computers, mm-hmm. my Atari 800, my 800 XL, the 130XE. At the same time, George, you, you were using uh, Commodore 64. Yeah. Uh, you were into Apple, mostly Mo. Uh, and I love my Atari 8-bit. But this 1200XL, this was on the ragged edge of the Atari computers. In 1983, this was the upgrade to all the ones that mm, I right, had. Right. When this came out in 83, it cost $1,000. That's almost $2,700 in today's money. Bargain at twice the price. <laughs> <laughs> almost as much as George's new computer. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, 64 kilobytes of RAM is a real bargain. Well, that's true. True. <laughs> Imagine what I could do with that with YouTube videos. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. I never would have owned these before. But what this was, it belonged to a university. It was still in the box. Little, oh, wow. A little, little torn. But you open the box, it was still in that big vacuum-formed foam. So it never used? Oh, wow. You open the foam, it's still pristine. No yellowing. I don't think it's ever seen the sunlight. Nice. I think they opened it. They put that ownership badge on the back of it that says, you know, owned by this university. Right. They probably used it for a, a semester and then upgraded to IBMs or something in 84, 85. And took right. it in a closet or something. And it's in the closet. I, I try to power it on. It does power on. It doesn't pass the self-test. It needs to be recapped. You know, capacitors right. go bad and that kind right, of thing. Right. So you ask, does it work? It doesn't work today, but it's not like dead. Right, it right, just right. needs a little TLC. I never thought I would touch one of these things because once I got past the 80s, I'm like, well, I couldn't afford one. Right. It's out of my reach, and now they're collector's items. Right. I will never see one, let alone in pristine condition. Now I've got, thanks to my daughter's connections, this Very Atari nice. 1200XL. I'm just collection. waiting for your daughter to find Uncle George another Commodore 64 so I can <laughs> get yeah. back into my old days. I'll put it on the wish list for right. you, George. Yeah. See so, what she's got. Do you happen to know how much these are going for today? You know, I did the little search, but nobody has one in this condition. Okay. Yeah, they're going for at least seven. $800 as they okay, stand for today ones. for just one that's laying in a, in a bag. It's, but it doesn't matter to me. I don't want to sell oh, it. No, no, it's not course, going anywhere. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it was that's a great, awesome. great find. I was so happy to do that. Wow. <laughs> Mo, how about you? What did You You said you had a piece of tech. What yeah, did you have? Tech, you know, I'm trying to step up my video games here for our YouTube channel, so I've been doing a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I hate is like, my lights, because I had the lights with the big covers on them. You put the diffuser on and all that stuff. Yep. You know, yep. And they're great, except they take space. Yeah. Because they're huge. I mean, they're a couple feet long. Right, they mm-hmm. just take up a lot of space. So I found these LED lights. They were basically the newer. Is that how you pronounce that? Newer, oh, newer, newer, newer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of things from them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had a two-pack of LED lights. They came with a set of two mm-hmm. with stands, right. the whole bit. Okay. And let me tell you, man, these things are dang cool. They control two levels of lights. They have the warm and the cold right. lights. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you can, and you control both independently, so you could just turn both. Oh, up. so you can mix a color. You can right. mix yep. the colors mm-hmm. if you want. Um, super, super bright. They don't heat up like my old of ones course, did. Of course, not at all. Zero. Yeah, LEDs. My old ones actually, I, yeah. I was like sitting there, I'm like, why am I sweating? And realized that that was because of the lights. <laughs> right. Um, and they take up almost no space. The stand takes up more space than anything else. You know what I mean? <laughs> because they're only about like a foot across. Right. Yeah. But are these like circular or are they no, square? No, they're square. They're square. square. Okay. And man, let me tell you, these things are bright. Yeah, I had some similar to those for the uh, for the Comic Sans oh, right. video yeah. shoots that I used to do. I had the, you know, the squares they set up on the stands mm-hmm. and then you, you can level them yep. up or down and you have the warm through the cold. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're very uh, useful. They're great for tight spaces. Yeah. And 
not heating up is an awesome feature because lights in a studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a small space, especially if you have a dedicated studio. Right, if you're right. like leveraging a room in your house or whatever. Yeah. Space to where to put them and then the heat and everything. Right. And just, yeah, it's no, said, no thank you. No, it's like if I have to move them, it's just pick them up, move it, not a big deal. So now the thing is I don't know what to do with my old lights, but still, who cares? I got new lights. <laughs> Hello, eBay. eBay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they ran about 160 though for the two. Okay. So it's not cheap, but I also said that, you know, if I'm, I don't, I didn't want to get cheap ones because you know what bad lighting could do. Yeah. To a yeah. That's a pain. And I like the fact that these actually had the warm, cold lighting settings, mm-hmm. you know, right. because it makes you look a little less washed out. That's and right. color just a lot better. So okay. I'm real super happy with them. We'll throw probably a link to that down Absolutely. in the show notes, right? So yep. the newer, dimmable bicolors. I've never seen the square ones and the mixing light. That's yep. pretty cool. Yeah. I might be a buyer. I got to check that out. All right, okay. cool. <laughs> so that's what I got. So how about you, George? What do you got for us? Yeah. So I, because our next segment is going to be strictly SFGE, I mm-hmm. think, yep. uh, I want to get through mine really quickly. So I just picked a very small little thing that I got for my 50th birthday, still on that list. Oh, yeah, yeah, the list of all the yeah. gadgets you got. And yeah. I got a Funko good. Pop that I didn't even know existed until I did some, you know, Amazon searching and rifling around, mm-hmm. and it popped up as one of the suggestions. And I don't know how they knew I, we owned a grocery store when I was a kid or how I loved these products, but there is a damn slush puppy Funko Pop, and I now what? have one. The, the puppy? The, the little dog. puppy. And he's got the little drink in his hand, and yep. he's got his little toboggan cap with a little yeah. puffy thing on the top. <laughs> who, I love my little slush puppy Funko I mean, Pop. It's Maybe a adorable idea, but who would think to do that? I don't care who thought about it. All I know is I own it now. They started digging in on a lot of advertising icons. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen them like do, do spam. Have you sure. seen that one? Like a no. re- and like, yes. What the hell do they do the, for spam? He, he's like a guy with legs and arms and he has a can of spam. Right. right. I've seen him do otter pops and stuff, but the slush puppy, well, I, mean, I didn't even know he existed. A, he's already a pre-made character. Right. right. He was yeah, he's on top of all yeah, that. can of spam. And we owned a slush puppy machine as cool. part of our grocery store, and I love slush puppies to this day. I know exactly how to mix them. I know exactly what you're <laughs> supposed to do, what flavors to use, which ones are the best combinations. I've been a slush puppy fan since I was probably eight years old. And to know that I can't afford a machine, because I don't know if you've been out there looking, but I went looking really? after I got this pop. A machine right now is about eight grand. Woo. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, probably not. Do oddly, still- I haven't been in the market for a slush puppy machine <laughs> yeah, lately, yeah, oddly, but good I'm, to know. I'm telling you. you. Still, they still have them out there? There's uh, the absolutely. Still they're still them? a company. Yeah. Slush Puppy's still yeah. a company. They still sell wow. them. They got the they got a tabletop version. They've got a full stand height one like the one we had in our store. Hmm. I love Slush Puppy machines. One of these days, <laughs> I'm going to be able to afford one. It will be in a man cave for me. I will have Slush Puppy machine in there <laughs> with cool. the mix and the drinks. But for right now, I got a cool as hell Funko Pop that I can put on a <laughs> shelf and stare at and enjoy for at least the 10 years it'll take me to save up for the machine. <laughs> <laughs> on your way to right. buying the machine. His 60th birthday. <laughs> Thank you, Funko. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On Press Box Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Taste the rainbow of fruit flavors. Taste the rainbow. In Skittles. Skittles. All your favorite fruit flavors. Taste the rainbow. In Skittles. Skittles. Bite-sized candies. Colorful candy shells with fruit flavors in the middle. 
strawberry, orange, lemon, lime, in Skittles. Bite-sized candies. Taste the rainbow of fruit flavors. Taste the rainbow. In Skittles. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we're at SFGE. G we're G down G to G play some games. <laughs> <laughs> and that has happened. It has. We've been playing games every single minute that we're not sitting at our table trying yeah. to sell Rubik's Cube. We're doing podcasts. It's been a lot of fun, though, right? And I think probably the most fun that I've had at this particular SFGE are the people that have stopped by the booth. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. In particular, one who's here special guest hosting today. Long time. I'm friend of Gen X Grown Up, a good friend of mine, MC Murr is here. Murr, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Just thrilled to be here. My Filipino replacement brother <laughs> who took right. care of the seat and kept it warm while I was in the Philippines he on a did? hospital bed. <laughs> right? Thank you, sir. Our standby fill-in host. And yeah, our regular SFGE stand-in host. Awesome to have you here with us. He was a little sad when you know we found out George was coming back, though. So. Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> All good things must come to an end. He's like, how's George doing? Oh, he's it was great. sad that George's collapsed lung healed and he was able to come back to America. I mean, who saw that coming? <laughs> Murray, you were here this weekend as a guest of SFGE, and you had what may be my favorite panel, including ours. Oh, I think thank yours you. was a little bit better than ours was, um, where you talked about the, the road that you've been on with collecting and reselling games and you have amassed an amount of knowledge now on this subject that I, I haven't seen rivaled anywhere in any of the people I know so tell us a little bit about what you're doing on your channel you know it's been a while since we've had you on well we're really focusing in on the flagship of the channel which is the uh, flea market flipping right that has been the focus and you know it's always been what I've done most of and what I've cared most about mm -hmm. it's taken a, quite a while to cultivate a dedicated viewer base to that topic but i feel like we have that now which is everything i always wanted so now we can really lean on that as hard as we want to but that was the focus of the panel this year too just in light of all the changes that have happened in right. the market since 2020 mm -hmm. yeah. You know, we could have just had another collecting panel and just talked about collecting in general. But, yeah, it's such a different climate out there. It's such a different market. And it's changed all the behaviors that you're going to have to have when you're out there boots on the ground mm -hmm. hunting. And that's stuff I want people to be equipped with. That's something I think my show really illustrates in real time week by week as we find these games that we either can't believe are worth something now when they weren't before or... <laughs> We find stuff that has shot up way beyond what it even was before if it mm -hmm. actually was valuable to begin with. One thing I'm listening to your panel that I really, I, I knew from your channel, but I never really like connected until you said it, was that really, this is a mechanism for you. You're not trying to like house flip and I'm gonna make a million dollars. You're basically just trying to make enough to kind of help pay for your own collection, right? Help increase your own collection. See, now you stole the thing I wanted to talk <laughs> oh, about. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, stop no, thief. No, because that's the truth. So what he's saying is exactly right. Murr, I was listening to the first five minutes of your panel and the first five minutes were like, damn, he He's never going to stop talking. <laughs> We're not going to have a chance to ask questions or anything like that. And then 10 minutes in, I went, oh, God, please don't stop talking because I'm learning a whole bunch. Yeah. And it started to click on me when you, like Mo said, you talked about how you used the cash to fund other purchases. I'm like, this man just saved my marriage. <laughs> because how many times do I want to go buy the Retrocade Cubert cabinet for $150 and I go, go honey, can I, can I have $150 right. to buy this silly thing that's going to sit? on a table and make beeps and noises and she gets like okay right. fine. but if you've been flipping 
building stuff and building a bankroll that you can then reinvest in the things right. you want for your collection, mm-hmm. make your hobby pay for your hobby. It's right? like That's my, the angle. Yeah, my old poker days when I would go to all these little right. local tournaments, yep. I had this spreadsheet. I started off my bankroll with $50 of my own, and I went out and played poker, and I came back with more than $50. Then it was a positive night. It went in the spreadsheet, and I was able to track it. I can do that now with the tools that you've given us. You really can, and that was a topic for one update episode that I did in the not-too-distant past. And I realize I'm not the only person doing this, but you know, we actually took a look at, for the first quarter of the year, how much free we had acquired. Because from every haul, no, we don't keep everything, obviously, mm-hmm. but I've got the keepers segment. We mm-hmm. look at you know two, three, four, or five things. It's like, you know what? These are staying with me because we're already in the green on what we got today. And that's kind of how you gauge everything. So, I mean, doing it this way, you don't always get exactly what you want. But sometimes you do. You just have, you know, a range of things to pick from. Every week's like its own mystery box, Mm -hmm. right? Right. You know, and you get to decide what (laughs) things you're going to keep because, you know, you have no money in them. So, you know, what we had for the first quarter of the year was probably enough to fill a little, uh, you know, waist-high $50 Ikea shelf, you know. And again, (laughs) all free stuff. And, you know, you got options. Doing it this way gives you options. If you want to sell that whole thing for what it's worth and go get that one crown jewel that you really wanted you can do that too but yeah at the end of the day you're collecting you're getting more games and you're still probably ever going to have time to play yeah (laughs) but you have no money in it your food your gas you know everything is just covered well that's what i love because of the demand you're you're finding ways to make money on stuff that we enjoy having anyway right like i can go buy 700 pairs of gloves at walmart for a certain price and then put them up on amazon as a reseller or something and i can make money that way but But i don't i don't have any interesting gloves no, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't want to spend yeah. the time. But send me to a Goodwill or send me to a flea market and tell me, go find Nintendo games or go find rare PS2 thing or whatever. That I can get behind and get into because it's it's kind of like a challenge. It's a little mm-hmm. bit like a hunt. I love that you're doing that. And I'm so glad we got to see you here at the show and listen and learn. Well, I try to take the perspective, too, of, and I, I think you heard this refrain sung in the, uh, in the panel. We were talking about the things that you most commonly find. Right. Because, again, I'm not the only only person that does this but i see a lot of channels that you know three times a week they're saying you know 50 sealed n64 games found at goodwill first of all no you didn't find that you're you're, you're fluffing your content and that's fine do what you got to do but we need to talk about the things that you will commonly find because that's what you're going to find when you Mm -hmm. go out there that's what you need the knowledge right you might have fun watching what somebody said they did but that's not what you're going to experience when you go out in the wild. So you can apply that knowledge. Yeah, I'm not saying that you won't have a... I mean, I've had amazing days where I found tubs and tubs of Nintendo stuff. And it's just, you know, great. Best day ever. But you need to prepare for the so-so and even the light weeks. Because they're still profitable. And they still keep you in the green. They're still part of that equation. That end of the year, you've ended up with, you know, mm-hmm. so many things that you have absolutely no money in. I think it makes everything really approachable and realistic. And I think that's helpful for anybody that's new to it or just getting in, you know. So your panel, obviously very informative, a way for us to uh, fund our addictions. Right. <laughs> so, so quite helpful. Save George's marriage, as you said. Yes. Good, good stuff. Yes. Before, when we're looking forward to SFG, one of the big things about it is getting back together with friends and pe- meeting old friends and meeting new friends and right. stuff. Uh, we get to see Murr again, of course. You know, Murr is here. Year and a half out. Yeah. yeah. Almost two. Yeah, it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. I know you're big into Dungeons and Dragons. I know you're going to meet your crew at D&D here. Did you get a chance to hook up with your boys 
We did, yeah. and the focus this time was to get the one thing done we haven't had time to do the last two times, which was the miniature painting. Uh, they've ah, got a right. nice. They have a great program here for that, where I think they've got a lot of the pieces donated. Mm -hmm. But you can go in there and donate to them one or two bucks, whatever you feel like, and they provide you with the miniature, the uh, the paints. They're actually doing a class on it. That again, that's all part of it. They're just yeah, showing you cool. what to do. I just went in willy nilly. I didn't uh, I didn't stay for the class or anything, but. I found it was actually easier than I thought it was going to be, and I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, it's time-consuming, but that was the one thing we wanted to make sure that we did this time, and we all were able to get in there, mm -hmm. pick out a mini, and kind of get our feet wet in the uh, in the painting part of it, which is a big part of the passion for a lot of people to play the more tabletop-oriented mm -hmm. role-playing games. I mean, not that D&D isn't, but, you know, some of those things like Warhammer and Battletech, oh, it's yeah. all about the minis. Well, right? kinda, that touches on the just the broad spectrum of things that are available here at the show. I mean, we focus on, yes, they have a huge arcade with uh, right. with the uh, stand-up machines and pinball machines, of course. You know, we talk about you know, the vendors area that we're a part of, but there's all these little areas like painting minifigs. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's the immense board game section right. where you can go, and, and now they scan your barcode on your badge to borrow a, register you and borrow yeah. a game. Yeah, like so the board game section, they allow you to, if you play certain games on certain days, you have an opportunity to actually win that game and yeah. take it home. Grace yep. and I did the last cool. time we yeah, were at SFP. That's awesome. The way they used to do it was you write your name down on this little card and then you had to be present when right. you called your name. Not anymore. Now it's all high tech. They've got an SFGE app that has like <laughs> a Twitter function that we've been using all weekend. But one of the other parts is when you check out one of those games, they scan your badge, which has a little unique barcode on it. And then if you win, you just check the app and go pick up your game whenever. Mm -hmm. that that's app, awesome. That app has been pretty darn cool too. Yeah, like they set helpful. that up like a like a mini Twitter almost, mm -hmm. a yeah. social environment. That's what I've been doing. It also has weekend. like reminders. You can put yep. events. Interested yep. in it, and you could like choose, like, oh, I want to know 15 minutes ahead, 30 minutes ahead. I mm -hmm. mean, very, it was, it was, it was very really, really well done. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Gen X grown up panel, one star would not attend again. You right. can go in and do that <laughs> if you want to. You're sure. the one, huh? I'm the one, right? <laughs> it was fun. I mean, and even things that you would not associate with a convention. The one thing that my wife and I like doing each time we come is the wrestling. They have professional wrestling, right? Both on Friday and Saturday nights here, and they're a decent organization here in town. You know, it's one of the smaller groups, so mm -hmm. it's the guys who are getting trained. But at this particular one this year, they actually had a former WWE wrestler as part of the wow. show card and it was awesome. Uh, she had a great couple of matches and talked with her for a couple of minutes last night when I saw her and it's that kind of experience we haven't been able to do because of COVID. That's right. We haven't yeah. been able to come out and do this stuff and see these things but more importantly we got to do some more meeting of people at Man. this convention. So we again it's about the people. The games are the, are the catalyst. The games are the lubricant to give you something to do to hang out to, to enjoy together and share. I mean obviously Murr again also here in Atlanta, one of our longtime fans and supporters, Butter Spider, came yes. out. He, he yeah. normally is a Dragon Con guy. We met him at Dragon Con. He came yeah. out. Yeah, we saw him. He came out for. He brought the whole family. He did. Spent some time with him. Yeah. Yep. He he had a good time at the panel. His uh, daughter. She was really fun to talk to. Oh yes, yeah, she was. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. It was great to see another Gen X parent raising their child right. Raising right. Ways of nerddom. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. that. Yep. Uh, well, the guys from uh, the Project Gen X podcast came down from. Tennessee. Yeah. Right. They drove yeah. down all the way down from Tennessee to hang out. Alan and Big Dave, they're great guys. Involved over in the Discord server. They're getting their own Discord server spooled up. Another right. good podcast to check out. We'll put a link down in the show mm -hmm. notes oh, yep, for yep. you. But we got to spend some time with them. We talked to them before, but never spent any time together. Great couple of guys mm -hmm. to come. And they came from Tennessee, but they do not get the reward no. for the furthest travel, do they? So, yeah, absolutely. This And this person went through lengths to surprise us as well, <laughs> which is funny, you know, because on Discord channel, he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to miss. 
said, jealous. Oh, I'm so jealous. I can't go there. Yeah. And he was even like commenting as he's like walking up the stairs here, apparently. Right. And yeah. the three guys at once, he's wearing Got a mask. Got to the table wearing a mask. Yeah. So it was even more difficult to figure out who it was. And, and he's, he's sitting there and he's asking like, questions. And, <laughs> and, and then he made person? a couple of comments and you're like, who? What? And then it started to dawn. It was Stu Baga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the way from Texas. Yes. Him Just to wife. join us for the SFGE and it's his a wife, wedding Kelly. anniversary too, right? Yes. We actually rated higher than a Hawaii trip. They pushed well, their Hawaii oh trip goodness. to next year. I don't know so we they could higher, but no, that's what he said. That's what they said. He, he said, I told my wife I want to come to SFGE to meet the Gen X guy. It, it was Hawaii person. deferred. Yeah. Hawaii deferred. Hawaii deferred. I'm taking that as a win. You guys can I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Any excuse to meet some of the guys. Especially it's almost too real, to be quite honest. Like, yeah. yeah, right. Because yeah. you know, up until now he's just been like a virtual person, you know, like online. We chatted all the time. We're always right. commenting on a daily basis. He sent us a much. video for the anniversary yep. show. Yep. Right. I mean, it, it's great to see the people coming out and having the opportunity to meet them again. We don't get that opportunity. Most everybody we know is virtual space. It's all digital. Yeah. 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 So in person contact yeah. is yeah. well, not and, contact. That yeah, and Murray, creepy, you know, you know, when yeah. you get to meet and know people online, that's one thing. And you could be text buddies or you could be chat buddies or whatever. But there's that extra level, right? When somebody is a fan or a friend or whatever, and then you they actually make a concerted effort to meet up in real life because they actually become a genuine, like real life friend. Yes. Like that is that says something for just kind of what the engagement is for the content, and it, it just it's so it's so validating, isn't it? It was great. I mean, it, it was great to meet Stu in the flesh. Uh, Inubito was here. He's a Twitch streamer. He was there in my panel. It's great to see him again. Some of mm-hmm. these guys mm-hmm. are here every year. So yeah, getting to meet them in the flesh definitely makes a difference. And you know what's interesting to me is that the bulk of your YouTubers out there that go crazy for all the cons, this is the one that doesn't get talked about yet. The other, and I'm not trying to put other cons and expos down, but I am going to tell you that a lot of them that I see on the surface really look like just big eBay holes, right? They're just people with tables that do the same thing that I do on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. They're selling everything at 20% over eBay and that's it. (laughs) That's the con, right? Right. And then everyone goes there and pays over retail for stuff and yay, had a great time. But like you just touched on with the wrestling, everything that's going on here, the major regret you'll have at SFGE is that you have but one body to give to all the things that are going on here. I mean, you've got sessions for so many different games, Magic the Gathering, Mm D&D, stuff you never even heard of, and, you know, Pathfinder, et cetera, et cetera, on all these tables, and you want to be a part of all of it, but it's just three days. We were on at 4 o'clock yesterday, Saturday, 4 o'clock. That's a good slot for a panel. Mm -hmm. And there were three other panels at that same time zone, and I wanted to go to two others rather than sit in on ours. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, it's it's insane. Right. Interesting stuff. I mean, they do a great job. They have a great film studio thing that they go on where it's like a room that just keeps running uh, yeah. stuff all the time. And we yeah. had uh, a group that w- the Ballad of Pinball, Bobby or Ricky or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, like they dropped off a copy of their film for right. us. Right. So you we know? didn't get to go to the screening, but they were going to take a look at it. There's a stuff around the clock, but it's, it doesn't feel smothering like Dragon no. Con. No. It feels like you, you, you could cherry yeah. pick the things you want and see. I can see this easily stretching into a little bit of like a Thursday Friday or a longer mm-hmm. Friday something. I hope I, they do in the future. I had that in my mind. I told you that before. I thought this thing started on Thursday, so I was like, <laughs> Like we're gonna, yeah. we got to get up there quick. We're going to be late. That's just wishful thinking. It yeah, was. I would like to see an extended remix of the 
SFGE. If they want to add a day or even two, you know, to it in the years to come, that certainly would it, not hurt well, my they feelings. Have the right facility for the size they yeah. are. They have the perfect yeah, this facility. Is, this is a good you size. Got the nice. hotel. The rates are reasonable, reasonable. especially reasonable. for the block that you get, considering yeah. the nice the mm-hmm. the, the upscale awesome hotel. Uh, they have decent food price. They actually kind of rare for a convention. They make specials in their on-site restaurant that are cheaper than their regular menu. Yep. You yeah. don't see that at a convention. They're like 30, 40 percent, 50 percent cheaper mm-hmm. than the regular menu. Yeah. And j- just if you're here for the show, we have a special menu printed on just a yeah. <laughs> just a photocopy paper. If you want that, <laughs> but yeah, you can do that. Great. Yeah. You yeah. see, my daughter, she's here with her family, and they actually went and they had fun with like this company that's building like, their own new role-playing system. Right. Mm-hmm. And they ha- had like a little trial. Had They ran through an admission, and they asked people opinions, and like, mm-hmm. hey, how do you feel about this? And how, how can we improve? And Because they're going to have a Kickstarter later this year, but they Got wanted it. to get the game kind of we've, fine-tuned before they get to that point. We've seen that at SFGE with some of our uh, independent video game yeah. creators, right? They use yeah. this convention to get feedback from playtesters, you know, in real time. You know, Cardic and Twin Cops, who unfortunately, yeah. first year in five years, they it. haven't yeah. been able to make it because they were moving. Kartik, we miss you. That's how they got Twin Cop to the place that yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, It's a nice springboard. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's a great con. It's a great time to come out and meet people that we haven't gotten to see. I mean, we even had people who were lurker watchers like uh, Retro Rick stop by the table and yeah. said, I've been yeah. following your guys' stuff. And this yeah. is a fairly big channel. Yeah, big time yeah. tuber. I'm you like, know? well, good. He's, Hit us up, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get together. And he subscribed. He got one of John's famous I subscribe stickers, apparently. Yeah. Let some of that love rub off on Gen X Grown Up, That's man. Right. Hit us up. <laughs> We did finally get a chance, ultimately, in the evenings, and once we shut down the booth, to hit up the arcade. I've been kind of glossing over it, but That's it's one of the kind of the focal point. It's one yeah. of the highlights for me. And it was open until midnight. Yeah, yeah. So it's awesome. Now, I'm old. I didn't stay there until no, midnight, I but I had a good time staying until 10 or 10.30 or so each night. Oh, somebody was joking at me, like, yeah, you come all this way, get all this stuff, and you went straight to the damn Donkey Kong. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's the point. Right? That's why I'm here. I love going, and we talk in our panel about how important just playing those things, putting a high score on there. They leave the machines on all weekend, and the high score sticks. Yeah. Well, that's Okay, so let's talk about Gen X grown-up high score. So we have a thing that if any of the three of us get a high score on a game, we put GXG, GXG. in there. Yeah. Yep. So let's run down the list. Mo, did you get any high scores this weekend? No, I got top 10, so I able to put initials that, in. That's still, that's okay. good. Okay, so yep. I got on Asteroids. Nice, okay. okay. Put one on there, and pole position. What you get? What position did you get on those? I got third on pole position, and I got fifth on Asteroids. Okay, okay. solid outings. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, what did I get to do? I did a, uh, oh, they had two Donkey Kong machines. I right. got <laughs> I got first on one of the Donkey Kongs. It was like a low high score. They got second on another one, but it was like a like an 89,000 score. It was nice. really good. Uh, high score on a Donkey Kong Jr. I got like a top 10 on a Joust, pretty high up there. Murr nice. and I got to play some Joust the other day. Spent some time <laughs> getting high score on Fix-It Felix Jr. Oh, yeah, one of those machines. Yeah. That's actually that not was... a real game from Gen X. Yeah, it wasn't, but it's from Wreck-It Ralph, so yeah. I had to play it. That was a funny experience. I'm going to tell the story a little bit, so <laughs> John and I are, were trying to get hooked up. Uh, John and Murr were playing some games. I was walking around solo. I was trying to find them. Finally hooked up. We were walking around, and John sees, oh, they've got Fix-It Felix. I'm like, yeah, that's been here the whole time. He yeah. looks at it. He says, 38,000. That's not a great score That's not for a big deal. Game. Yeah, it's easy. And I'm like, well, I feel like you have work to do then, sir. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so he sits there and starts playing and very quickly realized you don't generate score very fast in that game. There's no bonuses yeah. for completing There's no level. timer. Yeah. There's right. no yeah. extra amounts that you get except for, like, a window here you get 500 points for. So it's 100 points at a time. So it's kind of a grind. It's a grind. It is a grind, yeah. And you'll stay alive for a long time to get to it. And I love John gets to within, like, I think it was within 10,000 or 5,000 points. And he had, like, seven men built up, Mo. Oh, okay. He's doing really good, yeah. 
six men And they dead. start dropping like <laughs> flies. I couldn't stay Crazy. alive. One man left, and he's within like like a thousand points or so, and I'm keeping track, and I don't want to say anything to right. him because right. I don't want the pressure. Right, no, no bad juju. Right. Don't jinx me. So he gets up there, and he earns an extra man or two, and right as he got that third man, he went 100 points over the high, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> but I, I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, yeah. Right, know? right. So he ended up posting like 12 grand higher. Yeah, then I hit that second win that did okay. So, yeah, yeah but, but yeah. another GXG for the record books. Yeah, yeah put it absolutely. up there. Yeah, and you've got some too, George, right? I, yeah, I only got two. Okay. Um, I got uh, in Moe's game, I got Robotron. I got a fifth place on that one oh, okay. on nice. the today scores, not the all time. Yeah. We know how hard that board <laughs> is to get into. Um, but then I did um, I did play Galaga. I found I found a Galaga cabaret cabinet. I they didn't have a Galaga that. last year or last no, time they were this here. This time they have like four. Yeah. There's four <laughs> Galaga's the out problem. there. Yep. But I had never played on a cabaret before. That was unusual for me. So playing on a cabaret, it's a much smaller screen. The buttons are a little bit different. It's a smaller play field, so your hands are a little bit closer together. And I was I was looking at a 225,000 something high score. I'm like, okay, that's level 25. That's very doable. Mm-hmm. It's wasn't fast shoot or anything like that. I'm playing, I'm having a good time. I've got my four or five ships built up very quickly, getting my perfect scores on my challenge stages. I get to level 11. Two damn messengers come out and kill my doubles, <laughs> just like that. You, you pulled a John on Fixed Felix. Didn't I you? did. <laughs> Start choking on one level. Oh, I damn. did. So then I'm, and this was on a, it was a Rev 2B board, I think, because the level 10 is supposed to be slow field and no bullets during the, and this one wasn't. It was a fast field with bullets. And I'm like, oh boy. Okay. It never ceases to amaze me how he knows even the revs <laughs> of the board. I know. But That's, when you're that committed, I love I that guess so, stuff. Yeah. 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 So I ended up only getting second place, a hundred something thousand. I was very disappointed. Posted in the Discord channel. <laughs> Apologize to the Gen X Grown Up Universe. But <laughs> only better, only in the top two percentile, not the top one percentile. Sorry, <laughs> everyone. You know, it was terrible, but oh, it was very respectable. But I did have a, I did have a good time playing games. I played more pinball this time than anything. I made it a point to play pinball and cabaret because I'm, I can't play that anywhere else. Yeah, I can right. play stand up arcade yep, anywhere. Yep. So I wanted to play the stuff I couldn't play. That was Makes so sense. much fun. SFGE allows you to do that. Yep. Mur, what did you play? Did you put some high scores on anything? Did you put the put the Mur tag on any of the games? I definitely did not do that. I'm all. <laughs> I'm always the one just running crazy, and it's no different than when I was a kid in the arcades. I play, I try to play it all, and because I play too much, I never master anything. <laughs> right. But uh, like George said, I did play a lot more pinball this time, because like mm-hmm. you say, you can't do that at home unless you happen to have a machine, and even if you do, you don't have all those machines. So uh, they had the new Mandalorian machine there. I hadn't right. seen it. was able to play it, the Led Zeppelin, the Turtles one, just really cool stuff. Now, I did get on some machines that, uh, you know, games that are better on machine, I played some Outrun. I'm a oh, you know I'm a big Sega head, and uh, I'm definitely going to be better on that game at home on the Master System on <laughs> on the pad. But still, there's something so great about playing it with the wheel and the gear shifter and right, all that. Right. And yeah, yeah. Mo mentioned pole position. I definitely leaned in on some of that too. That was always a showbiz pizza favorite, you know, especially <laughs> the one you could actually get in and sit down. This wasn't that, but no, no, it was a stand-up, stand-up one. one. But still, the wheel, the the gear shifter, it takes you right back to where you were back then. You know, even if you're not going to play your best with those controls, because be a bit touchy when you're used to just you know playing home versions and whatnot it's still just it, it uh it punches the feels right you get in there mm, yeah. and it's exactly what you wanted to be so was able to play some of those we played a little gauntlet uh was able to play some joust with uh john there and 
Of course, he did much better than I did. But <laughs> still, just and by the way, I did take him out on the gladiator wave. He did. Oh. And I felt a little bad. It was his last man, but 3,000 points is 3,000 points. I mean, wow. come on. So you didn't feel that bad. I didn't no, feel super yeah, bad. The right thing to do is to. Good to uh, see you in the last year and a half. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You're dead. Crushed. <laughs> got, you got to take one for the team there. Oh. But uh, Fun time all around, though, right? Oh, it, it really was. My, my cheeks are hurting. I'm smiling from just talking about this. It's, we're recording this on Sunday morning of the event, and it's kind of a lot of it is kind of in the rearview mirror a little bit. It's mm-hmm. kind of melancholy. One thing I want to bring up, though, I want to shout out to all the people attending mm-hmm. SFGE oh, yeah? wearing masks. That's right. Yep. They have been very been diligent. Very diligent, very conscientious of it. And so that's awesome. At this point, I'm already looking forward. I'm like, next year. what's coming next year? And I'm ready to see that coming up. Well, that's a good and, thing because uh, that's the next segment. That's the next segment coming <laughs> up, too. So, Mur, thanks for stepping in and uh, and guest spotting with us here. We always love to see you at the show. Absolutely. Yeah. This is uh, this is part of it. it. It wouldn't be SFGE without being on the podcast. So that's a great way to wrap things up. <laughs> we love to have you. And I definitely want to throw in, too, if I can, before we uh, conclude here, that a lot of these machines are for sale. Oh, that's yeah. another part of yeah. the really cool part about this. Is you know, I saw machines last night as cheap as $500, even $350 wow. in good shape, in working order. So there's still this whole legion of people out there that thinks, oh, i got to spend $700 on an arcade one-up because real machines cost thousands of dollars. No, they don't. Okay? <laughs> and, you know, there's it deals out there to be had. But when you come right here, this is like a flea market of arcade it games. Is. I yeah. saw a few games that if I had a truck, I probably would have to take home right now. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, flip some more stuff, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it takes a little planning. It's not just a impulse buy at yeah. this point. We yeah. have our arcade memories, and you go, go to backpack. them, but you can't take the games home. You right. know? So yeah. that's another really unique aspect of this con, and it's something I get really extra excited for every year. Cool. Right. Stick around. We'll be back right after the break. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Maxwell House's coffee you can count on. Maxwell House, good to the last drop. Maxwell House is good every time. Maxwell House is good morning. Good to the last drop. Maxwell House. ADC brand from Maxwell House. Specially blended and ground for new coffee makers. A perfect taste and always good to the last drop. Maxwell House is good morning. Good to the last drop. Maxwell House. All right, before we wrap it up, we always like to take a second here toward the end to talk about what we're looking at or looking forward to uh, now or between now and the next time we get together to record the show. And Mo, I want to know what you are looking at, man. What's on oh, your sure. horizon? Oh, so it's a few things. Um, one is I'm going to be fixing that D&D book nook that you made me buy. Ah. Oh, yeah. The one that comes in pre-broken? Pre-broken. <laughs> pre-broken. And, broken ahead and, of time. And, and pre-quality. <laughs> um, something I'm also going to look forward to, which is that uh, putting together my kids, uh, my daughter's here, so she got me some of those Lego arcade things. Those are neat. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to have you yeah. put together the Cubert ones. Oh, wait. I can't put together the Cubert one because somebody bought the last one. Who bought the last one? I don't know, John. Wow. <laughs> Dick move. You should have pulled the trigger when they were there, I guess. You know? I but no, I, I got the other ones, though, so I'll be happy to put the other. <laughs> and I'm oh, also, no. but the thing I'm most looking forward to don't is trip the- trip uh, much. <laughs> 
the, the next, uh, yeah, if that comes up missing in your bag, don't, mm. don't blame me, is the uh, Shang-Chi, the next Marvel movie coming uh-huh. out right. week. So yeah. definitely looking forward to that. Yep. Uh, so for me, I, so I was at Walmart the other day. I actually ended up picking up one of those uh, little tiny classic TVs that we've mm-hmm. been looking at mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the channel. But while I was there, I stumbled across another board game based on old classic video game. This is a Space Invaders board game. Cool. Now, I backed one on Kickstarter. This is not that one. This, <laughs> one. this one looks so goofy, I can't wait to try it because it's actually physical. Like it has a little catapult that you have to flip bullets and ah. hit the little aliens <laughs> in the distance. It looks so dumb, I can't wait to try that out. Uh, but more than that, I'm looking forward to a new series coming out. And when I saw who was on the series, I'm like, I am sold. The series is called Only Murders in the Building. It's huh? premiering August 31st on Hulu. Selena Gomez, starring okay. with okay. Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh, huh. so the two thirds of the Amigos. I know, yeah, right? right? And so the premise is they all are uh, tenants of this uh, building in Manhattan where murders are taking place. Okay. And so they didn't know each other before this, but they all get together trying to solve these murders, and they decide to then turn their investigation into a true crime podcast that they record wow. about solving the murders <laughs> in their building. And the the trailers look really great. I mean, it's Steve Martin and Martin Short, so you yep. can't really go wrong there. Uh, a little sitcom. I think it's probably a limited run thing. Who knows how long it'll run, but okay. I'm ready to soak it up when it comes out. Uh, cool. August 31st on Hulu. Cool. George, how about you? Yeah, uh, so I'm old, so the first thing I'm looking forward to is rest after yeah. this convention. <laughs> I'm going to go back and spend two days just Says just the baby. To He's the old. Bed. Uh, then uh, I'm also looking forward to Shang-Chi. I think that's going to be an awesome Marvel mm, film so, for the yeah. next generation of films set up. You know, Black Widow was supposed to be the first of those. Uh, I think this is going to be a great new leaping off point. We need one of those characters. And now that we unfortunately lost the great Chadwick Boseman for mm-hmm. Black Panther, right. I thought he was going to be the new Captain America yep. of that next generation. Um, but then I am mostly looking forward to uh, irritating the hell out of Mo because next time I'm going to talk about the American Ninja Warrior Finals. <laughs> <laughs> it's so subpar from the Japanese comp- original. <laughs> it is not subpar it's at totally all. Subpar. It is not subpar. It has a tragic backstory. If it's it like, was oh, subpar, <laughs> it wouldn't be doing the ratings that it's doing. Okay, if you can use ratings as what's good and bad on TV, you got to <laughs> be just careful saying, because it's yo, been on for 12 years. Uh, it's still kicking uh, the butt. Uh, in the ratings. Anyway, okay, you know. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> well, how kind of, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Say definitely sorry. looking forward I'm sorry to that. you're wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I'm definitely looking forward no, to that. I think cool. it's going to be a it's going to be a really good one. They've had a great season. Mm-hmm. They had to still kind of do COVID-y kind of things. There's no crowds still, but they've had more people at the uh, competitions. They've done city finals, quarterfinals, semifinals. Now they're going to go to the uh, Vegas finals, which is going to be fun. There's a good lineup of athletes there. Some of the main athletes aren't competing this year due to injuries and other things, so they're is this huge upswell of teenagers. There's something like 10 sub-17 year old kids going to Vegas for the finals. Wow. Both boys and girls. It's crazy. And some of them are beasts. Matter of fact, the last semifinal that just happened, the two final guys competing for the safety pass at the end of the show were 15 and 17. That's just wrong. And they blistered everybody Ugh. in that competition. The old guys are done. Yeah, I want that 50 year old guy to win or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen now. That's over. No, it's not. That's over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That is going to wrap it up for episode 105 of the show. Of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a regular edition of the show. Mm-hmm. But next week is the backtrack edition where we take a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Next week, we're going to talk about something that is totally gone now. Completely. From the current mode of communication. That is the concept of long distance phone calls. Uh, 
Ah, our Dewey Decimal System part <laughs> The Dewey two Decimal two. of the phone call <laughs> conversation. Well, it, you had to be careful where which PBSs you call because it might be a long distance. Right. You had to do a prefix in the beginning and every other phone call you got, would you like to change your long distance provider? Would you like to change your long distance provider? It, it's an entire concept of communication that is totally gone. Yeah, totally. So we're going to dig in on the concept and the loss of the long, for the better, I think, the loss of long distance phone calls yeah. in our next backtrack. I hope you will join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you. Oh, absolutely. Always fun. I'm glad to be here. And fourth listener, it is you we appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. JetX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast, I am joined. I'm joined. Who am you're I? Joined. I thought you were going to say you were a conjoined twin or something. Yeah, I'm I like, like, I don't Ugh. know how that's working right now, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where yeah. to go with that even. <laughs> Stubaka. We already talked about you. Now you have to wait until the show comes out to find out what we said about you. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, it was actually pretty cool. I just posted a picture of you guys recording to yeah. Discord nice. and got level seven with that post. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that is so apropos. I loved it. I scored <laughs> in the Discord server. <laughs> I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.